So this is Adam Barrett. Everyone say hi, Adam. Adam graciously has moved here from Minnesota, right? Yeah. Where Hibbing, right? Hibbing, yep. Hibbing, Minnesota. Anyone been there? <laughs> Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Didn't expect it. All right. Uh, if you haven't been to Minnesota, they do know some cold. They know probably a lot more wind than we do. Uh, so he's going to be fine in that regard. He's here to serve our youth and our college and career in different capacities. And uh, he graduated recently from Briarcrest Bible College. And we are, we are in for a treat. He has obviously done some training and speaking at Bible College. But guess what, folks? This is actually his first public sermon. What's up? (laughs) This is actually his first time formally preaching. He's only been here a couple weeks, and Jeremy sloughed that off on him right from the (laughs) get-go. So we're going to be gracious with him. Uh, I didn't give him the full 35, 45 minutes, Um, so I think he'll do fine. I've I've managed, uh, I've had an opportunity to listen to it. He's really done a great job. Uh, The other thing that's cool is it's his birthday. He turns 26, right? (laughs) So what better way to celebrate your birthday than to public speak, right? All right. Um, Join me. I'm just going to pray for Adam, and then uh, he's going to challenge us from, uh, I think, the book of 1 Timothy, right? Dear Father, thank you so much for my brother Adam. I thank you that he has chosen uh, to come all the way up to Whitehorse, a place that he hadn't been before, didn't really know, but you you put this challenge in his heart, and he has accepted it. Uh, Lord, he has worked very hard this week preparing the words that, that we would hear from him. Lord, I just ask that you send your Holy Spirit, calm his nerves, let him be at peace, and let him enjoy this, his first public sermon. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. Thanks, Adam. Right. Thanks, Pastor Jeremy. Uh, as he said, I'm Adam. Uh, I'm from, I moved up here from Minnesota about three weeks ago. Uh, I just graduated Briarcrest this past spring with my degree in Christian ministry. And also, as he said, this is my first public sermon. So if I lose my spot and pass out from nervousness, just roll me off the stage. You guys can call up the worship team and just carry on as normal. Um, Yeah, so Jeremy asked me a while ago if I would just use this Sunday to share my vision for the youth and just share the direction that I wanted to go in with over this next year. So, without further ado, we'll begin. Uh, The topic of my sermon is encouraging boldness in our youth. And the passage that we're going to be looking at today is 1 Timothy 4, 6-16. So if you have your Bibles, could you please uh, open there and read with me. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith, and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some good, of some godliness, uh, is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, 
to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by the prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So obviously, this is a little bit of a longer passage at 10 verses. I won't be able to cover all of these, but there are a few highlights that I felt really applied to my vision for the youth over this next year. First, I just want to give a little bit of context. We first see Paul meets Timothy in the book of Acts. And at the time, Timothy is a young man, probably about around the age of many of our youth in the youth group. And he's living with his mom at the time. And Paul Paul calls Timothy to join him and Silas on a missionary journey, missions journey, and over this time, Paul is able to pour into Timothy to disciple him, to just build him up in the scriptures and teach him through the word. And now as we look back to First Timothy, we see that Timothy is a little bit older. He's now has his own ministry. He's working with the church in Ephesus. And in this letter, Paul is trying to give Timothy some ministry advice. And so we'll start by looking at verses 6 to 7. And in these verses, we see that Paul is encouraging Timothy to hold strong to the doctrine that is found in the Bible and that Paul has taught him and ingrained in him through their missionary journey and not to fall prey to any myths that abound about God or from other religions and just Stay strong to what he knows to be true. And he encourages Timothy to do this by pursuing godliness. And this is not unlike what a lot of our youth are dealing with now. There's lots of misconceptions about God and about his character. And one of the ways that I hope to counteract that is encouraging them to pursue godliness and to, and every youth, every regular youth group Night, we're going to be opening up our Bibles and spending time in the Word so that we can be in tune with what's true about God and be able to stand against these misconceptions. As we move on to verse 8, we see that Paul is setting up this comparison between being trained up in the physical attributes and in spiritual uh, attributes. And Paul admits that while there is benefit to being trained up in the physical, those benefits are far more fleeting and momentary than being trained up in spiritual things through spiritual disciplines like reading and reading your Bible and praying. It's interesting, in my experience, it's far easier to invest in the spiritual, or in the physical, sorry, things of the world than the spiritual. For instance, I grew up playing soccer. I played through elementary school through high school, and a little bit in college. And when I was in high school especially, soccer was something that took a lot of my time. And as I practiced Monday through Friday, two, two and a half hours a week, and on those days I wasn't practicing, I had, there was games. And counteract, I wasn't balancing my time playing soccer with time in the Word. And as a result, I was someone who wasn't firm in my faith, I wasn't on fire for following the Lord or for 
spreading the gospel or, or evangelizing to my friends. In fact, if you had looked at me compared to all my, the people I hung out with, you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference between them and me as a Christian as I was pretty lukewarm in my faith. And it's funny how driving across town and spending two and a half hours running around getting all sweaty seemed so much easier than me sitting on the couch and just opening my Bible and spending time uh, reading the Bible and praying and trying to pour into my faith and my spiritual development. And it wasn't until I went to Briarcrest that I realized that there's a need to balance what we enjoy, our hobbies, playing sports, pastimes, with spending time in the Word and investing in these spiritual disciplines and pursuing godliness through them. And it's through these spiritual disciplines that we're, giving, we're given the tools to grow closer to God, to God and gain that boldness to evangelize to our friends, our families, our co-workers. Whitehorse's, Whitehorse Baptist vision is to be an authentic, vibrant church serving and reaching our city. When I think of the word vibrant, I think of those Christians who you look at them and you see the love of Christ radiating through them. These people are appealing to be around. They, they, you can't help but be drawn towards them and want to invest in time with them and to try and learn from them. When I think of Christians who are vibrant, there's one elderly man uh, from Briarcrest that comes to mind. He was... He had formerly been in, held official positions with the school. His name's Bill. But he's since been retired and owns a little farm outside of Cairnport. But he would still come in and invest in the college students by spending time with them, eating with them at lunch and supper. And he'd come and just randomly sit down at a table with a group of college students and engage them in conversation. And eventually the one question that always came up was, what's God been teaching you lately? And I remember being a freshman and thinking, okay, who's this old guy who's just randomly came up and asked me about my faith? This is kind of weird. Um, but as I grew to know him and invested in a friendship with him, it became very clear that he was someone who was very godly and someone who put a high importance of, in reading his Bible and praying every day and this is something that has shaped him and helped him grow in his faith. And there's an interesting thing that I noticed about during my time at Briarcrest, both in my own development and the develop of, development of my friends and fellow students, is that as we grow and pursue godliness, we also grow in boldness. And this was very true of Bill, as we'd have visiting sports teams come from a non-Christian college and he would go out of his way to engage these students in conversation, just basic stuff. But then he would always ask them, so what do you know about God? What, what's your view on God? And in this way, Bill was a great representative, both for our school and for Christ. And this type of Christian is something that I would love to see our youth become. And I understand that it 
It's maybe a little idealistic to expect him to be that right away. But for Bill, there's a starting point in his walk with the Lord where he really started taking serious the importance of reading the Bible and praying every day and serving the community and engaging in other spiritual disciplines. And so why not start now with our youth and shaping that in them and helping them to grow and develop the tools to be able to be bold enough to bring their friends to youth group and to stand out amongst their peers in their faith. Boldness is not only for the unchurched or the friends from our community, but as we see in verse, verses 11 to 12, it is also for our fellow believers. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Ask yourself, when was the last time I was able to look up to a youth either in the way they conduct themselves in their daily life or in their faith. As someone who is still young myself, it is really intimidating to think about being an example for someone who's older than me. We often assume that just because someone's older, they have it all figured out. They know what everything you need to know about faith or about the Bible. In reality, these times of trying to learn or teach someone who's older can be great learning points for both the youth and the adult. As there may be a passage or situation that having a younger viewpoint or a different viewpoint can help teach us something new. And me being the imperfect human that I am, I fully expect that at some point I'm going to make a mistake either in teaching youth or in handling a certain situation. And my hope is that our youth will be bold enough to say, Adam, you messed up when you said this or you messed up when you handled this situation this way. And it's my hope that I'll be humble enough to learn from this experience and to both grow through that and to Help, my, help the youth grow through that as well. And it is my hope that as our youth grow in their relationship with the Lord and in their pursuit of the spiritual discipline, disciplines and growth through those and become more and more firm in their faith, they'll be able to be bold enough to invite their friends to youth group and just to stand out from their peers and be a representative of godliness in their churches and to eventually live out what is said in verse 13. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. I don't think it's too much to assume that our youth are capable of going out into their community and witnessing to their friends and holding their own, whether it's at school or at work or wherever it may be, gathering together, challenge each other to grow spiritually, both in church and in the public, and sitting down in a situation like at lunch at school and opening up your Bibles together and reading and praying and inviting their friends into that as well if they're willing to take part in that 
through that, our youth can be a great witness, both for our church and for Christ and Christianity as a whole. So, what about us as a congregation of Whitehorse Baptist, both adults and youth? What can we do to help this? I think the biggest, one of the biggest things that we can do is, as a congregation being engaged, as Pastor Jeremy called us to yesterday, and part, to partner with him, with the church, in monetary giving. Now I ask you to partner with one of the various ministries here at Whitehorse Baptist, from chickadees on up through college and career. We need people who are willing to take time and disciple the young in this church, especially those who are high school age, as these are people who are in a very formative stage in their life. And going back to verses 6 and 7, there's plenty of misunderstandings about who God is and what is true about his character. And if you throw in the issues with identity that our culture now provides, they need people who are older and experienced to help walk alongside them and guide them through this time and teach them about the Bible and build them up to in their faith so they can better serve the church and uh, Christianity as a whole. And if you enter into a discipling relationship with our youth, I don't think that necessarily means that you have to take them and go on an extended missionary trip across seas or like Paul and Timothy. But we see that the biggest thing that Paul invested in Timothy was intentional time in the Word and in training him up and to be firm in his own ministry. Paul probably understood that there would come a time when he, for whatever reason, whether it's old age or imprisonment, that he would not be able to engage in ministry as effectively as when he was in his prime or as he wouldn't be able to travel as uh, widespread. And so he trained up guys like Timothy to carry on that mission of spreading the gospel and to continue his work in his stead. And likewise, we as the older people who are involved in ministry need to be pouring into our volunteers to, so that they may be built up and continue our own ministry. We don't really know how long we'll, we'll be able to stay, how long we'll be called to stay in a certain ministry. It could be a short time. It could be 10 to 60 years. We really don't know. And it's important that we build into those who, who are younger than us who, who, once we're done in that ministry, can continue the ministry and can continue serving the vision of the church and serving the Lord through these ministries. For the youth, I would simply ask you to be open to pursuing spiritual disciplines and to pursuing godliness. Invest in discipling relationships. Be open to seeking wisdom from those who are older than you and be willing to grow in your faith and strive to, again, pursue godliness. So, how do we respond? It's important that we as a congregation are willing to encourage spiritual disciplines, encourage the pursuit of godliness, and 
growth in faith through um, pursuing these things and that we engage in our engage our youth in spirit and discipleship and help them grow in their faith that, through that. As I see it as spiritual as we disciple youth, they grow in their spiritual and godliness and as godliness increases, so too does boldness. Now I'd like to call forward Pastor Jeremy and the worship team and the elders to lead us in communion.